All right. Welcome, gentlemen. My name is Charlie Ungamaka. I'm the founder and curator of the Gird Up Podcast. Really glad that you're with us. Hope that you enjoy our content and that you'll continue to come back to us in the future as we aim to use the gospel to help men understand who they are, where their place is in this world, and what God has created us to be. Today's episode of the Gird Up Podcast is sponsored by the Christ for Disciples Podcast. Pastor Paul Steinberg puts it out. You guys know I have big love for Pastor Steinberg if you're uh, listeners from the past. Take 10 minutes each weekday to listen to the Christ for Disciples podcast and get direction and gospel power to disciple the youngest generation. Subscribe to the Christ for Disciples podcast at ChristForDisciples.com on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to your podcasts. Again, that's ChristForDisciples.com. It's one of my daily listens. I really enjoy it, especially on my way to school when we have school. <laughs> um, and particular for those of you who are now stuck in the house with your kids, be a great opportunity to continue to grow in faith as you intentionally think about how you are teaching your kids about Jesus. Unfortunately, the Iron Men of God men's conference that was scheduled for this weekend is canceled because of the quarantine. But that does not mean that we can't keep growing closer to each other and closer to God um, during this time. And we're going to talk about that in our episode today. So if you were going to the Christ for nope to the Iron Men of God men's conference, sorry, it's not happening. Uh, but you can feel free to reach out to me if there's something you want to talk about at the conference. Um, I'm going to put my remarks together and put it out as a video and as a podcast. And uh, we're going to keep making tons of content, as I know many of my brothers in the ministry are as well. So lots to look forward to here, actually, as the quarantine continues and as we get to flood the Internet with all kinds of good things, talking about the goodness of the Lord and the gospel. But with that being said, let's get started with today's show. All right, guys, so you're quarantined, right? And many of us are, um, either by choice or because we can't go to work or any of those types of things. And uh, I, my school is closed. There's not much I can do. I, can't, I have to do everything. We can't even do it online. So I have to do everything via packets. And I've been getting calls from families and kids who need help with their homework and things like that. And I love that and I enjoy that. But the reality, it is, the reality is my day-to-day is way different than it was before, and this is something I've never experienced before. It's kind of like summer almost, except I still have to do all the same work that I always did. Um, and I know a lot of you are like that as well. So while you are quarantined here, there's a couple of things that we need to keep in mind we need to make sure we do. First of all, there's been a whole lot of people that are talking about this, and there's a lot of memes going around and all that. But my encouragement, my desire for you is not to be an inactive drunken slob, particularly you young single people. Don't be an inactive drunken slob during the quarantine. Right? Don't let yourself get away during the quarantine. You need to actually act like you still are a human being with responsibilities and with uh, stuff you have to do because you do. Right? Don't sit on a couch all day. Go out and get some exercise. The quarantine does not include going for a walk. In fact, if you look at the stuff from the CDC, they're actually suggesting that people go for walks, that you just don't interact face-to-face with anybody. So if you do want to meet somebody on a sidewalk and you want to talk to them, stand six feet apart and you'll be just fine. Okay, We're talking about groups of 50 or more that you're not supposed to be a part of, and there are certain places where you're not supposed to go to work. Otherwise, you can do what you need to do. And that includes taking a walk. So go out and get some exercise, right? Also, 
for those of us who normally do have to work full-time jobs and now can't do the amount of work we usually do, what a great opportunity to rest up and to actually relax for a while and find some restoration. A lot of people take vacations in the summer. Well, the reality is your vacation is not going to exist anymore because of this time off. So use this time to recharge, to relax, to reset a little bit, um, to get closer to your Heavenly Father. This is a great time to relax, but don't let yourself become a drunken slob. All right. And finally, don't use this as an excuse to abdicate any of your roles in your respo- or your responsibilities in the church, in the community, or in your family. Right? There is nothing going on unless you're actually one of the people that's sick. There's nothing going on that can actually stop you from fulfilling your roles to your family, to your community, and to your church body. So don't let that happen. Don't abdicate your roles. Go do what God has taught you to do. You might have to be creative, but go do what you've been commissioned by the Spirit to do in your daily life. Second thing you got to make sure you don't do is isolate yourself. Quiet reflection and me time are good, but social distancing and isolation are not the same thing. And you do not need to isolate yourself just because you need to social distance or because you've been quarantined, right? Quiet reflection and me time are good, but prolonged isolation, particularly under stressful circumstances, isn't. Statistics show that men are already lonely. This is just going to make that worse, right? And the reality is when we're isolated, when we don't have any accountability, when we don't have any friendship, when we're looking, when we're thirsty for things, that's when temptation starts to get in. So I would, I would suggest two things. Uh, first of all, don't stop meeting together. And we're going to talk about that in a second on our next point. But second, be wary of how you're using your devices. Be wary of how you're using the internet and different technology, right? What are the, bit, the first thing I would say is you should go onto your phone, onto your devices, and utilize your screen time app, okay? You have screen time settings, especially on your iPhone or your Android, so on your smartphones, you can set screen time settings, and it's not hard to do. If you don't know how to do it, go look it up online for your specific model of phone. But you can go on your device, and you can set screen time settings and downtime settings that will limit the amount of time you spend on social media, um, the amount of time you spend like v- just visually looking at your phone. It will. Ch- you can set all those settings, and different people are going to have different limits, right? But it'll. you can s- make those settings so that you don't get sucked into that black hole of the Internet and find yourself either just wasting all your time on the phone or on the computer or finding yourself in a dark place that you shouldn't be in right so go on your phone change your device settings so that you don't just lose your whole quarantine period your whole time off your whole time in social distancing on your phone it's not healthy for your mind your body your heart or your soul second thing i would suggest you do is go download the Covenant Eyes app. It's only a couple of bucks a month. It's cheap for the whole year. It's by far the cheapest accountability software I've ever come across. It's what's on my phone right now. I use it um, because accountability isn't only something that weak people need. Accountability is not just for the weak. It's also for the strong who want to stay strong, right? Think about the military. Most of those men in the military don't actually need all the discipline that they're given every single day, but they take it on. They choose to put themselves under authority so that they don't lose their edge, so that they continue to be strong, right? So Covenant Eyes or other accountability software like that isn't just for people that are struggling with internet pornography right now. If you are struggling with internet pornography, an accountability software is a great place to start. 
along with prayer and along with uh, personal accountability with other people. But if you're not struggling with it, it doesn't mean that you're not either struggling with sin online or that you're totally out of the clear or that you don't need accountability. So I would get on there and I would download the app. And what it's going to do is going to keep track of what you're doing online. It's going to take screenshots of what you're doing and it'll update whoever your accountability partners are, whoever your allies are, um, periodically and let them see what's going on on your phone. My buddies and I, we're all on it. We're all using it, and I love the fact that I get to see what he's doing, and sometimes I tease him like, man, you're doing too much homework. <laughs> um, but things like that, and they can see what's going on on my devices as well so that we're always up in each other's lives. We always know what's going on. We always know um, that the other people in our community, in our accountability group, if you will, in our circle are also living out Christianity online. That's a great resource to have, especially when you know you're going to be alone with your phone or your devices quite a bit in the near future. Finally, what I would also say we need to do is communicate. Build our skills. We need to build those communication skills. We're especially my generation, man. We are not good at communicating, or a lot of us aren't very good at communicating. This is a great opportunity to build some of those communication skills since we can't meet face to face, since we can't go out to restaurants and bars and things. This is a great opportunity to build that communication. Okay. So first. I would call and FaceTime people that I'm losing track of, right? So I do this all the time anyway, but I love, I don't like talking on a phone, but I love connecting with my dudes. So we'll pick up the phone every once in a while and call each other. And we don't don't always pick up on the other end. Sometimes it takes a couple of tries. Sometimes it takes a couple of phone calls to get in contact with each other. But we stay accountable to each other. We talk to each other frequently on the phone. And we're always in in, uh, conversation with each other. One of the things we've done in the past, we're not necessarily doing right now. One of the things that we've done in the past is two of my buddies and I had scheduled phone conversations. So once a week, we would have a phone conversation at the exact same time every single week. One of them was on Sunday afternoon. One of them was on Friday morning. We would call. We have 15 to 20 minutes that were chunked out, that were on the schedule. It was non-negotiable. This is time we set aside to talk on the phone with each other. It was a great opportunity um, to be up in each other's lives, even though we weren't even in the same state as each other. We always knew what was going on in each other's minds and hearts and lives. All right. Finally, um, oh, sorry, two more things for, on communication. Um, I want you to write letters and emails. That's a lost art, right? And you don't necessarily need to mail the letter. You can write an email instead. But just type up what's going on in your life, right? Um, type up a letter or an email and send it off to somebody that you haven't talked to for a while or somebody that you've been a little bit disconnected with and start that conversation again. This is an excellent time to do it. It's also an excellent art form that's been lost. Right. And the last thing I'd say is find a way to express yourself if, if, if these things aren't up your alley. I would suggest doing these things, but if you really don't want to do that or if you want something in addition to that, find a way to express yourself. I make podcasts and videos, right? I know other people love to build things. Other people like to, uh, they're acts of service people. I'm not an acts of service guy. It doesn't really mean a lot to me, and it doesn't really mean a lot to me to give to other to, to uh, do things for other people either. That's just not my love language. But I know a lot of you are, so find ways to do that. Um, maybe maybe you actually want to create something. So like create art. That'd be a great thing too. Because never be enough resources for people out there in the world, especially in regards to Jesus. So use your time wisely and well. Find a project to work on and plug away at it. The third thing I would say we need to make sure we do is not stop actually meeting together. Let us not stop meeting together. The full context of that passage, which I know you've heard before, it comes from Hebrews 20. Nope, Hebrews 10. It's verses 23 to 25. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised it 
is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. One of my biggest pet peeves, personally, one of my biggest pet peeves is the way people behave in church. And uh, I might surprise you uh, by what I say here. Um, I'm all for a respectful and reverent worship environment, and I like order and structure. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I even, I, like, I'm one of those people that takes off his hat when he walks into church, all that, right? But many times this behavior goes way too far. Um, here's an example of that. Uh, imagine for a second, you're sitting in church, right? And a mom and her three children are sitting together in a row in front of you, right? You got that picture in your mind? They're sitting together in a pew in front of you. And two of those kids are sitting quietly and listening to the pastor. But the third one keeps squirming around and talking, poking his sister, right? Being annoying. And, uh, his older sister finally, after a couple of minutes of this, gets annoyed and whacks him and loudly whispers, shut up, you brat, right? Or something like that. What does mom do? Well, more than, <laughs> more often than we should, I'll hear a mom in such a situation leaning close, get a real intense look on her face, and she'll say, are you going to talk like that in church? Jesus can hear you. And she sends a glance up toward the altar, right? Up at the crucifix in front of church, the picture of Jesus up in front of church, and looks up, he can hear right? <laughs> oh, man. You've seen situations like that before, right? Maybe even you've said something like that before. Well, here's a different example, right? There's three teenagers who are chatting by the side door of the church, right? on the side of the church, um, and they're talking about their dates from over the weekend or, you know, whatever. One of them is reenacting his awful date and how everything went wrong, everything went terrible. And he's reenacting all of this for his buddies. And as he describes, you know, spilled drinks and fender benders and what happened when he brought his date home five minutes after curfew and things like that. He's, he's, he's acknowledging all these terrible things that happened on a date. And one of his friends lets loose an, oh, shit, right, in, in the doorway of the church. And the other two stop and they look at him and they go, dude, you can't talk like that in church. And so what does the teenager do? Takes a big step backwards, you know, out of the church and into the hallway and repeats himself. Oh, shit. And you're like, oh, good. <laughs> you can talk like that in the hallway. Jesus can't hear you now, right? And he's outside of God's hearing now so he can talk however he wants. Come on, right? You and I both know that's ridiculous. We know that's not true. Acts chapter 7, verses 48 to 50 say, uh, the Most High does not live in houses made by men. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? Or where will my resting place be? Has not my hand created all these things? God is not bound to the walls of earthly buildings. And this is a wonderful thing. It's a good thing. It means that he's always with us. He walks with us. He's by our side. He dwells in our hearts. He never, ever leaves us alone. And that's good. So why then do I keep hearing people, particularly pastors in this particular instance, um, but I keep hearing people saying things like, I sure hope people don't get used to you know, staying home on Sunday morning, or I hope when all this is over, people don't, you know, people don't forget to come to church, or um, even just, I hope our churches aren't empty once this quarantine ends. These attitudes are a reflection of the same silly belief that the teenagers and the mom reflected, in their conversations, right? Jesus 
doesn't live in church. God doesn't live in church. Um, he doesn't live in a building. Your church isn't where God is, and he should, and that your church shouldn't be the only place where the people of your congregation find Jesus. The Spirit dwells in the hearts of the people, and he always has, and he always will. What uh, this quarantine has done is not separate people from Jesus. What it's done is expose churches and pastors who have been failing to disciple the way that they should. Right now, our focus should be on providing every resource and motivation, or every reach, every single resource and material we possibly can to those who are gathering outside of the church walls since we can't gather inside the church walls. Because, as Jesus tells us in Matthew 18, wherever two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. There's no quarantine mandate that forbids two or three people gathering together in God's name, and there won't be. This is not a blanket criticism by the way, of all pastors and all churches. In fact, it's not even a criticism of most churches and most pastors, just a few that I heard talking and the attitudes of a lot of lay people um, who are concerned about this. And they're good to be concerned about church attendance. Church attendance is a good thing. Church attendance is a reflection that there's something going on in my heart. Church attendance is a reflection. It's an outcry. It's me saying I value time together with brothers and sisters in Christ worshiping my Savior. I'm not saying church attendance isn't good or that people shouldn't come. What I am saying is our focus right now is in the wrong place if I'm concerned about whether or not people are going to come back to church once this endeavor and once this quarantine is over. Okay. In fact, I have found just the opposite to be true in many churches and in many and many with many pastors. Um, I've watched with great joy as many of my friends and brothers in ministry have utilized existing stretches like teen groups or community groups or church organizations, uh, evangelism teams, Sunday school teachers, all these different things to provide so many worship and study opportunities to those in quarantine that it's actually more opportunities and more materials than there are under normal circumstances when the church is open, which is so cool. It's a good thing that should continue to happen, and I love it. I've also seen a lot of pastors who are mobilizing groups and factions and organizations within churches to do things that they've never done before um, in order to fulfill the obligations of the congregation to the people that they serve, which is awesome. And it's the perfect response. It's the godly response to the situation that we are in. We don't need a church building to be a part of the kingdom of believers. It's just a convenient place to meet together. It's just a place where we meet together every week. That's all that building is, right? So this quarantine, let's see this quarantine, uh, not just as a challenge to church attendance, but as an excellent opportunity to do what we ought always to do, and that's to not stop meeting together, to get in each other's lives, to share every part of our lives in their entirety with our community of believers, with the individuals who surround us every day inside that church building. And here's how we do that, right? First of all, we're going to connect to our church and other churches' resources online. There's more online resources right now, and there will in the next coming weeks be more online resources for churches than there have ever been in the history of the internet because everybody is forced to be online right now. Every church, almost every church at least, is putting out content every single day, if not more than that, to help their people stay connected to Jesus. So utilize what your church is putting out Go find stuff from other churches, too. Go ahead and enjoy it. Bask in the awesome glow of all this internet ministry that's going on right now. There's never been a time like this since the creation of the internet where there was such a... just It's just pouring into the internet right now. There's so many resources. Go and utilize them. Two, 
Don't worship alone. You might be stuck in your house to worship, but you don't have to worship alone. You can go to somebody's house. Obviously, avoid the germs, right? Avoid the germs. But you don't have to worship alone. Invite somebody over. Have a beer and watch the sermon, right? Get together. Get your your kids um, to invite their friends over. and You can all worship together. You can do your Sunday school lesson. You, should, you can watch the videos. Sing along at home. Do all the worship things at home and invite people to be a part of your worship with you. This would even be an awesome time to connect with your neighbors who don't love Jesus and say, hey, we're doing worship at home. I know you don't like really like church, but why don't you just come experience what we're doing at home during this time of crisis, right? What a wonderful opportunity to worship together in small groups, something that most people don't get to do on a regular basis. Third, if you have extra time on your hands, Start book clubbing, start listening to podcasts, and start sharing that with other people. Don't listen to the podcast alone. Call up one of your buddies and say, hey, man, I know you got laid off too, or hey, bro, I know you can't teach right now either. Let's listen to this podcast, and let's talk about it. Let's, let's, say, let's have a conversation about it, or let's, let's read this book together and have some conversations about it and do a little book club. Um, do a little podcast group. Like, find ways to connect with other people and connect with Jesus at the same time. There are so many ways to do it. I personally love to read, and we always have – even if we're not officially book clubbing, we're always having conversations about what we're reading amongst my friends, and this would be a great time for you to do that as well. Right? And last, find ways to serve the people who are in need right now. Who's still working? Is there any way I can help them? Who's short on food? Who can't get out of the house? Who's actually quarantined? Who is getting sick? How can we help these people? I heard um, earlier today that there's a whole bunch of workers in the healthcare community um, who the schools are out, childcare is closing. They don't have anywhere to put their kids, but they still have to go to work every day because people are getting sick. Well, maybe we can babysit for them, right? Maybe we can welcome their kids into our home, even if it's not every day, two days a week, right? Maybe we can take on a couple extra kids. Maybe we can you know, give somebody a night off. Maybe we can cook for them, take the stress off. If I have a doctor friend who's been overwhelmed with all this, I can help. Maybe I can help kids do their homework, whatever it might be. Find a way to serve. Maybe you're just the person that walks around a neighborhood and knocks on doors and says, is there anything you need? You know, can I get something for you? Can I run to the store for you? Whatever it might be, find a way to serve the people around you. In the book of James, uh, he says, faith without works is dead. That doesn't mean that I have to earn my salvation. It means just the opposite. When Jesus is in me, I'm going to do good things for the people around me. What a great opportunity to let the light of Jesus shine through you and into the lives of the people in the community and in the church around you. Right? So I'm going to keep putting out stuff for you. I'm going to be busy the next couple of days, but I want to keep putting stuff out there for you. I hope I get the chance to share more and more and more stuff with you. If you have anybody you want to be on the show, go ahead and suggest them to me. Send me an email. All that information is at the end of the podcast. God's blessings. I uh, hope you enjoyed the video. This is the first time one I've ever done. It wasn't perfect, but I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a good one. And I hope you all stay safe. And if you do get sick, what's the worst thing that can happen? For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. What a joy to be released from this earthly veil and to get to spend eternity with my Heavenly Father. We have nothing to fear. So look to the cross for comfort, for resurrection peace. God's blessings. Have a good one.